Beware of the evils of pride. When you make mistakes, take it in stride. Acknowledge your flaws without hurting your cause, and in confidence, humbly abide. A skilled teacher is one who can find the right balance between confidence and humility. Both traits are absolutely essential to effective teaching, but they can seem somewhat contradictory. Let's consider them each in turn. First, why is confidence so important? I believe that confidence is the single most important factor in effective classroom management. A teacher projects confidence, or lack thereof, mainly with body language and vocal inflection. How you speak, how you move, how you look at your students tells them whether you believe that you know what you're doing. A teacher who can project confidence helps her students to believe in her, to trust her, to listen to her, and to respect her. Confidence shows your students that you have a goal, that you know how you're going to get there, that you believe you can lead them to achieve that goal with you, and it allows the entire class to work together to achieve it. It creates a spirit of camaraderie and good cheer. It sounds kind of corny, but it's absolutely true. Confident teachers can lead their students to success. The catch-22, of course, is that confidence is a byproduct of competence, and competence comes with experience. The first time you do something, you do not know everything about it. And the first year that you teach, you don't know everything about teaching. You don't know it the second or the third or the 53rd year either. There is always more to know than you know. That has been a very humbling thing for me personally to learn. But as a first year teacher, how do you project confidence when you know that you lack the competence in your field that you aspire to? You see your own flaws very clearly. You know how nervous you are. You have many, perhaps even unspoken, fears of what students will think, how they will react, what they will say to one another about you. You must project confidence nonetheless. It is far better to pretend to confidence than to acknowledge fear. So that is a very important lesson to grasp. Go forward with confidence. Let students see that you believe in yourself, you believe in what you are doing, and you are eager to see them succeed with you. An excess of confidence, however, is incredibly dangerous and damaging. And the more confidence you gain, perhaps the less readily you acknowledge that you are becoming proud. Pride is the absolute anathema of effective teaching. 
Pride is what closes a person's mind to any personal flaws. The belief that I am right because I am right does project confidence, but it is also a delusion and a house of cards. And when the day comes that a flaw is revealed in your pedestal of perfection, it will crumble to dust. And that is not something one recovers from easily. There are always flaws in each of us. And to deny that is to deny our humanity. And in my opinion, it is also to undermine your credibility. When I'm asked, what do you look for in a principal? My ready answer is someone who will acknowledge a mistake, accept blame, and move forward. To me, that is absolutely essential in a leader for me to respect him or her. I do not expect perfection. I do expect a great deal of competence, and I do expect him or her to have a vision and to head toward it. But I do not want a leader who never sees anything wrong with anything he or she proposes. And I don't want to be a teacher who leads my classroom that way either. Pride is not what I am advocating. Confidence certainly is. So how do you keep that confidence from metastasizing into pride? The answer is a single word, humility. Humility is a choice. It is a choice to view yourself as a fellow traveler with the other humans on the planet and to see yourself as a fellow traveler in the educational journey with your students, not as a being a, apart from and superior to them, but as one of the equally valuable, equally human people taking that journey. And humility means you see and acknowledge and learn from your own mistakes you see and acknowledge and learn from the wisdom and experience of others. You will have an opportunity very frequently as a rookie teacher, especially to realize you messed up. You made the test too hard. You made the assignment too easy. You chose the wrong unit to go to next in the succession of concepts. You gave a grade on a rubric that made sense at the time, and then you realize that wasn't exactly fair to the students. When you make those mistakes, you must be willing and ready to acknowledge them, to apologize for them, and to make them right. I have had occasion in my career as a teacher to apologize to students whom I have deeply hurt. I never did that intentionally, but intention is not the only cause of hurt, and the hurt is just as real. An apology can go a very long way to making connections and building bridges, and when an apology is deserved, offer it. Even if you think it's not your fault, 
be willing to apologize, to set that example of humility and willingness to share with another human the responsibility of our collective humanity. However, just as an excess of confidence can metastasize into pride, so too can an excess of humility destroy your effectiveness as a teacher. You can become an object of scorn and ridicule from your students if you have a habit of shining a spotlight on all the things that you are imperfect at. You can stand up in front of a class and apologize daily for all of the mistakes you realized you made the day before, and very rapidly your class will dismiss you as an authority figure. You no longer have their confidence. You no longer have their respect. You do have a great opportunity to be the object of all of the anger they have toward adults who will not admit to flaws or mistakes, at least not as far as interacting with teenagers is concerned. Beware of being too willing to acknowledge, to point out, and to make right mistakes that you have made. I have seen this happen with my teacher in training this year. She saw it herself. A few too many, okay guys, sorry, but I messed up again. I'm not always sure what I'm doing. It's honest, but an overdose of it leads to eye rolling and lack of attention from your students. So do not overdo the humility any more than you overdo the confidence. That is a tricky balance to strike. How can you manage to both be confident and be humble at the same time? I don't know that you can project both simultaneously, but you have to value them equally. Here are my suggestions for doing that. First and foremost, always do your very best. That will be seen and noticed and appreciated by your colleagues, by your students, by their parents. When all know that your honest and sincere desire is the benefit of your students, the capacity for forgiveness in those whom you may offend grows. And if you never do need to apologize, you've still come out the winner, but you will make mistakes. So do your best. Be honest in your willingness to accept support, even if it's in the form of criticism and suggestions from your principal or from parents. And in addition to doing your honest best and improving day after day and year after year as a teacher, remind yourself, and this may be very necessary, especially in your first year, that you are a professional. You are an adult and you do in fact know more and know better than at least most of your students most of the time. That is not to say that you're better than they are or that their complaints aren't valid, but it's to remind you that you have cause to be confident. 
Do not expect perfection of yourself, but do not expect abject failure either. Know that you can hold your head high, look life and your students in the eye, and move forward toward the goal you have chosen as your profession, to lead and teach the students in your classroom.